My name is Max. I am a high metabolism, high energy, recovering OCD. In a word, I am a doer. I get things done. And the great thing about that is that guys and gals who are hardwired like me are rewarded by American culture. American culture loves people like us because we're the people you can count on. We're the people who return phone calls. We're the people who have clean homes. You know, we're the people that knock stuff out. In the mid-1990s, I was the day janitor at an elementary school. And apparently, the way it worked then is if you were a day janitor, you would come in and you would unlock the doors for all the classrooms, and then you would go hide in your office and read the newspaper until lunch. And then at lunch, you would go clean the cafeteria, and when that was done, you would go back to your office and watch some soaps until it was time to clock out. Not me. Soon as the bell rang, boom, I was out cleaning the glass to the entryways. Every day, I spotted the secretary so she could go to lunch, and I manned her station as the, as the school secretary, answering phone calls and doing all this other stuff. When teachers sent their kids to, like, gym or PE, I would go into their rooms and I would say, is there anything broken that needs fixed? Is there anything I can do for you? And since I was married to a teacher, I knew the one thing that bugged teachers more than anything was when they had a chair that only had three feet that was missing a foot because you would always get Johnny ADD in that chair who would be doing this all day. Click, 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 click. And they'd be like, stop it. (gasps) Okay. So when I called over to central office and, you know, I was ordering chair feet, this was their response. Honest to God, you know, we have a kit for that, but no one's asked for it. And I think over a decade, (laughs) I know. So when I quit that job in 1998, they threw me a retirement party. They didn't know what else to do. And so I believe so it was huge. I had a cake. I had gifts. I got awards. Like, so at age 29, I think it's still the case that I've been the youngest person ever to retire from Jesmond County Schools. <laughs> I didn't get a pension, though. So, <laughs> okay? When I was an executive pastor... I was known as the guy who got things done. So if, if you wanted to start a ministry, if you needed help implementing something, if you, anything along those lines, they would go, oh, you need to talk to Max Vanderpool. He's the guy you need to see. You know, my office was twice as big as the senior pastors. Shh. I took time off. I did. Back then, I went on vacation every year. Like, 10 whole glorious days, and we would go as a family to the beach, and inevitably, like the first or second day there, I would be sick. And I would think to myself, oh, thanks a lot, God. You know, I work my tail off 355 days out of the year, and you give me the flu? Oh, thank you. Really? Really? And I would be so upset about that. And for the longest time in my marriage, and even times of late, Jenny will ask this question, are you mad? Are you mad? Now, part of that is because I have BFR, which is a type of resting face where you look like you're angry all the time. And it has to do with the fact that I'm always thinking about the things I need to do. So, you know, it's constant and it makes my face grumpy. I have the appearance of grumpiness all the time. It is a known affliction. And so uh, I would, but a while back, I realized, you know what, I really am mad. You know, there are people who don't work as hard as me. There are people watching television. Like, who has time to watch TV, people? I would think to myself. 
you know? And now here's, this is just extra, but if you have a guy in your life, you need to know that for a lot of guys, anger is what's called a signal emotion. So it's a signal emotion, and what it's saying to you is, hey, your guy's feeling something. He... <laughs> he may not be aware. He could be, he could be happy. He could be disappointed and let down at work because he didn't get a promotion. He could just want to be cuddled. I, any number of things, any number of things, but it's a signal emotion. Now, that's a stereotype, okay? Understand that all men are different, personalities, etc. but you may have a man like that in your life. Just know that you may need to help him. And men, if that's you, anger is just your characteristic emotion, you know, Go beyond black and white. You know, there's a full palette of color, so it's okay to be more than just angry, okay? That's just, again, that's extra. I say all of that to say this. For the longest time in my life, I was a Sabbath breaker. Um, Now, you young people may not know what a Sabbath is. You may be like, yeah, 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 I know what that is. It's some kind of old band full of old people that you old people listen to. Um, no, and so I want to put up a Sabbath quiz here, okay? Sabbath quiz, and they'll put that up on the big screen. Uh, Shabbat Shalom. Okay, so here it is. The Sabbath is, A, a tedious day full of rules about what we can't do. B, a day to rest and grow closer to God. C, a protected time to realize and enjoy our identity as God's people. D, a 24-hour period in which we relinquish our focus on doing. Or E, something Seventh-day Adventists do. Okay? So, believe it or not, some of you, if you grew up in church, you may think it's A. Some of you who have no church background at all, and you're you're part of Generations now, you may go, oh yeah, I think that is E. Okay? But really, it's, if we can get rid of the wrong answers, it's really this stuff in the middle. It's kind of all of that, and then some. And I want to talk to you about that today. When I was a kid in the 1970s, um, life shut down on Sundays. Like, stores were closed. I'm not making this up. My, my dad panicked about getting gas on a Saturday night because only certain gas stations were open on Sundays. Not every gas station was open. And grocery stores closed. I mean, it was the weirdest thing. Um, it wasn't like it is today where you get, like, one, maybe two days out of the year where everything closes, okay? So... What I want you to know today, what I want you to know today is that Sabbath breaking, this do, 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 is no way to live. It's no way to live. The costs outweigh the benefits, and more than anything, violating the Sabbath will ruin your relationship with God. It will. And so I want to share with you what Sabbath is, and maybe some steps toward reclaiming it in your life. And to do that, I want you to look at where it first appears in the Bible, which is Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. This is what Moses says. Remember, he's speaking on behalf of God, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day, the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Now, 
This is part of something known as the Ten Commandments. Now, because you're Americans, the Ten Commandments is famous and Americans know about it, but Americans tend to think of the Ten Commandments as like getting a perfect score on the ACT. Like, if, in other words, if you keep them. Like, whoa, you keep all Ten Commandments? Wow, I think I knew a girl who did that like back in 85. You know, it's this amazing thing. But really, if you look at what Moses is saying and what God is saying in this context, it's not some big, amazing, you know, holy life. The Ten Commandments is like the minimum bar for being human. The t- really, it is. It got, from God's perspective, it's, it's kind of like, hey, I know you're mad about the horse, but could you not cut off that guy's head? really? You're going to have sex with her? You know, she's married to David. She's not even yours. Could you not do that, please? Like, bare minimum level human is the Ten Commandments. And so the Sabbath set apart the Hebrews and then the Israelites from all the surrounding countries, all the surrounding cultures. And believe me, that was a big deal back then when, when it was subsistence living. In other words, you didn't have electricity, you didn't have jobs. I mean, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. You know, if you weren't toiling. And so all of Israel shut down one day every seven. It was radical. It was radical. Right? And it started sundown Friday night, and it went all the way to the appearance of the first three stars Saturday evening. And that's how it worked. Well, Sabbath appears again in the book of Deuteronomy. Fast forward 40 plus years, Moses is out in the desert on the border of the land of Canaan. The Israelites are about to go into the promised land, and Moses knows he's not going with them, and he gives this big, long speech because he knows. He's walking off the stage. Joshua's going to take charge. They're going to get to do all this cool stuff. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 and following, he brings up Sabbath again, along with the other Ten Commandments. He says this, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, daughters, male and female servants, oxen, doxies, other livestock, any foreigners living among you. It's the legalese. All you male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. This is key, this last little section. For 400 years, the Hebrews worked all the time. For generation after generation, they labored. It was constant activity. Do you want to know why? They were slaves. Slaves don't get a day off. Slaves have no value other than what they do. And slaves have to do their master's bidding when their master wants it done. Some of you are having a light bulb moment now, and you're going, corporate America, corporate America, okay? But I'm telling you, so slaves are doers. And Moses is saying something important here. And he's saying, in Egypt, back in Egypt, you were machines. You did, 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 did all the time. But now... Now I want you to see that your worth and your value is rooted in who you are, not what you do. It's rooted in whose you are. And that's your worth. And that's your value. Every seven days, be. 
don't do. In English, we call this being human beings, right? Have you ever heard of a human doing? They don't exist, or at least they're not supposed to. Okay? The Lord, in the last little part of that verse, the Lord God brought you out. Moses is, in a sense, putting an exclamation mark, and he's saying, hey, God did this. God got you out of Egypt. You didn't do any of this on your own. Don't forget it. And as if this stuff wasn't enough, Sabbath comes up in the life of Jesus. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus is questioned about the Sabbath. And this is the interchange. Mark 2, verses 23 and following. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to him, Hey, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Caught you, caught you. Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went inside the house of God during the days when Abathar was high priest, and he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Now he's saying a number of important things here. First of all, he's saying, Hello, I'm David. I'm king. Just like David did this, I did this, hey, king, ding, ding, ding. The other thing he's saying is, you're getting it all mixed up. You're focused on all these rules, and it's binding you down, and it's, and it's making you slave to a set of rules. Sabbath is a freeing thing. It's meant for your benefit. It's a gift from God to you. It's not something that, you know, oh, you're supposed to be fretting about. The Sabbath was made to benefit people. We like to think in American culture that we're smarter than the Bible. We do. We think this all the time. Eh, you know, it's, but it's got stuff in it. It's made some mistakes. It's people, you know, and we have this mindset, especially today, let's be honest. Anything that was 50 years ago is like, so who would, you know, we, we have this mindset that the farther along we go in history, the smarter we are. And so we apply that mindset and we kind of write off the Bible. But this 24-7, three shifts a day, get-her-done lifestyle is killing us, isn't it? It's killing us. We're tired. We're stressed out. We're overcommitted. We're getting fat because we're having to eat so much just to stay awake. There's a principle here from Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Mark. And the principle is simply this. God can do more in one day than you can in seven God can do more in one day than you can in seven. So let me ask you a question. Why are you working so hard? What are you trying to prove? Do you really believe that if you don't get ABC done, God's not going to come through for you? Is that the issue? Is your life in sync with Jesus? You know, Jesus, we, we believe here at Generations that Jesus is God. So when Jesus does something, it means God's doing something. When Jesus says something, God's saying something. And did you know what? Jesus observed the Sabbath. He had times of silence and solitude. He had times of rest. And every seventh day, he stopped doing. He took a Sabbath. So let me flesh this out. How does this relate to your world? And we'll put, they'll put my points of application up on the big screen. The first one is really simple, and I would say this to you, to you Americans with ferocity. Go to sleep. 
If you have little kids, you can amen that. Go to sleep, okay? Go to sleep. Your body was designed to need sleep. Sleep deprivation is a form of torture used by the former Soviet Union and our good friends at Guantanamo Bay. Sleep deprivation is a form of torture, okay? Did you know that people today sleep two and a half hours less than people did a hundred years ago? So in 1915 America, your grandma or great-grandma at your age was sleeping almost three hours longer than you do today. I think grandma was smart about some things. Thank you, electricity. Okay. By the way, throughout the large sweep of human history, most humans in most civilized parts of, of humanity, went to be, when the sun set, they kind of went to bed. So when you read about these ancient old people that would get up before dark to pray, they weren't going to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning after binge-watching Amazon, okay? <laughs> right? So go to sleep. Second practical tech takeaway. Remember that your role model is God and not the devil. I grew up with this expression that was said by more than one well-intentioned Baptist minister. Son, the devil never takes a holiday. Okay, fine. With the devil, it's work, work, work. But you know what? His final destination isn't Club Med. I've read the book to the end of the book. It's the lake of fire. And even though I'm a big fan of 90 plus degree weather, the lake of fire does not sound appealing to me. Okay? So remember, in all of this, your role model is Jesus and not the devil. And if he never takes a vacation, that's his deal, not yours. Okay? Last but not least, schedule a Sabbath, take a Sabbath every single week. Don't wait. See, in America, we have taken what used to be once a week, and we've reduced it down to one day. There's one day in America that's untouchable still, Christmas Day. You don't expect AT&T to answer your call about your phone on Christmas Day. You don't expect Macy's to be open on Christmas Day. Now, we're having a debate last year about whether Thanksgiving... We can give up Thanksgiving. And there are some Americans that are like, no, you cannot take away Thanksgiving. And some are like, yes, but I want to shop. Click, 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 you know, okay? So we're having this debate. But there's one day, one day out of 365. Do you know the other days you get as Americans? If it is a crippling ice storm or snow event. And it's like, well, I can't go to work. Hey, let's go tobogganing, you know. And you get a permission. You get permission to play unless you're a nurse, in which case you're like, yeah, I have to drag my butt all the way into the ER in case you have appendicitis. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm what? I know what it is to be nursing, okay? Here's my point. You need more than two or three or five days out of the year. That's not enough. It needs to be more regular than that. So here's some practical suggestions about what to include in your Sabbath. Maybe you could do it like the ancient Jews did, where you start the evening before and it lasts until supper the following day. That's what I do. The one I've been taking this year has been Friday into Saturday dinner. And I'll tell you about that experiment in a minute. Um, Another thing that you should include is worship. Uh, feasting, playing, resting, nature. If you don't like nature, it's okay, but God made it. <laughs> Enjoy it. 
Okay, so if nature's your thing, get out on your Sabbath. Things not to include on your Sabbath. Meetings. Sadness. Worry. Let, let me give you some examples, classic examples that fall into the category of worry. Dealing with your health insurance stuff. Filing your taxes. If it's your Sabbath and you're saying, hey, hon, I'm going to knock out the 1040, <clears throat> wrong answer. Okay? <laughs> okay? Uh, get, get rid of worry. Okay? So many of you know, once a week during the warmer months, I take what I call a planning day or a God day. That's not my Sabbath. And it, I go to, I'll load my stuff into uh, a, a kayak. I'll get to a spot and I'll paddle out to a spot and take out my books. Now, it's incredibly restorative to me. I hear God, but trust me, I'm producing. One planning day in August last month, I mapped out sermon series and individual sermons all the way from September to the end of May 2016. Booyah! That's called productivity which is not the same as being. That's doing. And doing and being are not the same thing, okay? So I took an experiment, because like I told you, I've been a Sabbath breaker, and I've been experimenting with a Sabbath. In my world, that means I've been not cleaning the house, which was a tendency of mine, not paying bills, not going through medical stuff, just resting, reading a book that I liked. I went to the pool a lot on this particular day. And I had another, uh, I had a, I was going to say another pool mom, but I'm not a pool mom. So I had a, I had a pool mom say to me, you know, Max, pool. every time I come to the pool, you're here. Now the old me, I would have felt like, whoa, no, I work, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't feel the need at all. I was taking her side. I smiled and I said to her, yep. And the great thing about this pool is I don't have to clean it. <laughs> Because I have a membership at a pool that you know, I don't have to clean. It's awesome. Okay? So if you're here today and you're under the age of 30 or you're a student, I want to say something to you. The United States of America needs you to campaign and recover Sabbath. Not taking a Sabbath is killing us. It ruined the baby boomers. Us Gen Xers are hacked off about it. And we need somebody to come along and give us permission as Americans again to simply stop on a regular basis and not have to do, do, do. You would do well to recover this notion of Sabbath. Violating Sabbath makes us sick and mad. Violating Sabbath drains our compassion for members of our family and our neighbor. If you're here today and you're thinking to yourself what I used to think, which was, I can't take a Sabbath. I've got too much to do. You can't not take a Sabbath. Violating the Sabbath will kill you because it, it, it robs your soul. It drains your compassion. But again, more than anything, God can do more in one day than you can in seven every single time.